This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Welcome back to the Ajima Show. Yes, you're back with both the hosts, Peter Kim and Unji Kim. Welcome back, Unji. I hated doing the episode alone last week. <laughs> I was wondering. I it hated went. it. I hope you had fun in Michigan. <laughs> I, I or where the fuck you I were. I was very itchy. I'm beaten up. I I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't belong outdoors. You know. No. The the outdoors keeps you're telling me. Good. You're not good with nature. I'm not good. Na- and the outdoors is constantly telling me, go back inside. Get back in there. Get back. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, yeah, I should. It's unnatural it. for you to be outside. <laughs> I know you got bitten up. It looked like monkeypox. I was very worried. Yeah. I mean, anyway, I just scare a lot of people at the airport. They're like, oh, it's like I don't know. I would be too. I I would have driven back honestly to not get those looks, but here you are, brave. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was really rough. Um, I'm sorry to anyone who listened to last week's episode. I was just rambling on about the fact that how my Molly didn't kick in because I'm on antidepressants. <gasps> and what a stupid, um, stupidly like adult thing that is to say. To be like, oh no, I'm working on my mental health so I can't fucking party drug anymore. Really? So you didn't, to, <laughs> yeah. you didn't get to roll on Molly? I because- didn't roll. No. Only one guy out of the six of us, one person out of the six of us rolled because he was not at the <laughs> And he was like, yay, euphoria and joy. And we're all like, we're trying to get there. Then <laughs> um, <and laughs> five out of six of us were on antidepressants, so it didn't work. But Get out of town. I, sh- I know. If fuck, I know. It, I was so upset. I, I was so excited because it's been five years. And here's what I felt a little. Um, I felt a little antsy going into it because it has been that long. Yeah. And I feel like I'm too old for it. And uh-huh. the universe told me, "Yeah, bitch, you're too old for it." So <laughs> here we are. I mean, psychedelics <laughs> are sort of like the way to go. I mean, just considering. All of the sort of dangers now around pharmaceutical mm-hmm. and powder yeah. drugs. I mean, honestly, um, I've, yeah, I've been things being stepped on too much. Yes, I mean, I've also been um, listening and reading a lot about the current fentanyl and meth problem. I would highly recommend Sam Quinone's newest book. He actually wrote a big story and big book called Dreamland um, mm. that I think was adapted into some sort of docu-series. Again, highly recommend. But this is another, his latest, which is very specifically about fentanyl and meth. And um, mm. strangely enough, its effects on the homeless and unhoused problem, mental health specifically mm. problem in America and is specifically also in L.A., Wow. That makes sense. I mean, I see a lot of unhoused individuals really mething out. A lot of them walking highways. I've almost hit multiple unhoused individuals on the literal highway. It's it's a problem. And the thing is, we'll get into, we got, there's a lot of mess to get into, but we, yeah, (laughs) let's get into our kick ass Koreans. It's time for kick ass Koreans. Key. Okay. My uh, kick-ass Korean is very specifically a journalist and writer. Her name is Suki Kim. She uh, wrote mm. the uh, award-winning novel, The Interpreter, 
and a book of investigative journalism without you there is no us uh she went undercover among the sons of north korea's elite she taught them english she is the only writer to have ever lived undercover in north korea to conduct immersive journalism whoa whoa yes. whoa what's her name again suki kim suki kim okay and this book which i'm going to get is called without you there is no us this is when she was mm. undercover uh, teaching the sons of North Korea's elite. She was born in Seoul, came to the U.S. at 13. She's a naturalized citizen. This bitch graduated from Barnard. Like, she really had a life. Like, kind of like, like a version of my life I imagined, you know, like kind of being like, oh, I'd be fancy like that. You know what I mean? When you're young and you don't know any better. Mm -hmm. But she did it. Um, she Whoa. she did it, uh, and congrats, bitch, you did it. She uh, got a full wow. she got a Fulbright, Guggenheim, all the things, all the all the mm -hmm. roses, and mm -hmm. um, you know she was a visiting lecturer. The big thing is, aside from all these books she's written, um, she also like in 2017, post like Me Too, broke the huge sexual harassment scandal against John Hockenberry at WNYC. I don't even remember this. It was a huge article. Missed that one. Missed that one. <laughs> nope. I did not see. There was a world. I would have met. There was a lot. There was a lot coming out. And yeah. Hockenberry, I would have remembered. that. That's a name I, that would have stuck in my head. <laughs> Big time guy at WNYC. Uh, she wrote an interview in The Cut. Her investigation led to the firing of two long-term WNYC hosts, Leonard uh, Lop. Lopate and Jonathan Schwartz, as well as the eventual resignation of WNYC's CEO, Laura Walker, and Chief Content Officer. Mm. It was one of the best uh, long, like, investigative reporting reads of 2017, uh, I would say. Mm. And she also, we've covered her before, or the story she's written, because she did a uh, investigative piece for The New Yorker in 2020 on Free Choice Hunt. The group that had declared itself a provisional government of North yes. Korea. And she was uh, among mm -hmm. the first to interview the group's leader, Adrian Hong, when he was on the run from the DOJ. Whoa. I know. This bitch is doing it. Whoa. This is like spy stuff. Yes. And like really out there doing the work. And I, I was drawn to this very specifically because of what I was talking about earlier about Sam Cunones and like these investigative journalists that are, I, we talk about it sort of um, fleetingly on the show and obviously less and less be given the sort of fractured state of journalism and truth in our current society. But it's good to know there are people <laughs> out there still doing the work looking for truth with a capital fucking T. And these are people that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, oh, right, there is a truth here. And it's not yeah. all some people are, it's not all bad. Yeah, exactly. This is like, this is, these are the few moments where we're like, okay, we still out here. People are inspiring. And, and, it is, and this is why and, we do kick ass Koreans. And exactly. I, I really love that. Yeah. And, and it's like, and it's, she's not only, because everything is not also just feelings, right? There is a, mm -hmm. like, also a major truth. And, you know, Things that like journalists can do and the role of the public intellectual, I just think is become so it's like the its role in our current society is very small and I think it's uh to our detriment and our great loss because the way that um 
I was just listening to this, so I'm going to bring this up. But the San Quinones stuff very specifically talks about the shift in the drugs, that the recreational drugs that we used to take. Um, he was talking to these users, and he was like, in 2009, the meth hitting the street literally changed. And so mm. people's high on meth, which is crazy, mm. is because we grew up with meth that was sort of fun. Like, you could do crank that was sort of fun. You're right. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I'm speaking uh, not from personal experience, but I'm just saying, like, you could just be like. As a voyeur, yeah. you would watch a lot of cranked out people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I had friends who did speed. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing. Sure. It's like, yeah. it could be fun and you could be like, it's basically like cocaine. Party, party drug. drug. And now it's almost immediately you're paranoid and you're mentally ill. And there was a moment. And hooked. And hooked. And the thing is. He goes back and he did the work and he discovered through talking to people and looking this up, there is a moment where the actual physical, chemical way that drugs were made in this country and put, being ingested in this country fundamentally changed. And it changed the way your high went. So that's the reason why everyone gets really fucking paranoid now. And that's why everyone ha is having like schizoid, paranoid delusions and... Mm. The idea of recreational drug use is now all under assault as a result. Um, Interesting. Yes. And I wonder, I, I, that's probably not, that probably wasn't on purpose. It just happens to be a negative byproduct of whatever they, however they stepped on it. Well, it was right? So, like, I, I can't imagine, like, they were thinking, oh, can't wait to make everyone fucking insane. Exactly. So what happened was, you know, there was, unless it's like a evil genius out there going like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to turn society no. on itself. You know, no. like, <laughs> it literally was the, the way that the um, meth is being made now is a biker version of it. Whereas before, like Breaking Bad meth, for example, it's all sort of like ephedrine. And it's like mm -hmm. a different, and, and once the government starts cracking down on that type of um, meth, mm -hmm. you couldn't have access to that actual compound and raw material anymore. Mm. So, Oh, so they went around and, oh my God, interesting. So, so this is the government's fault. It's the government's fault. I, and it's a, They should have just let that crank <laughs> be. I mean, isn't that so fucking crazy? The sort of collateral damage of a public policy decision that was so really yes. in it being good. And the thing yes. is, if no one had done the work, if there was no journalism, if there was no one investigating the shift, no one was asking the question. No one was mm -hmm. asking why. We would simply be constantly just shooting guns into the night and mm -hmm. and somehow inadvertently hitting who knows what. Yeah. And wow. that's what I mean. It's like, and just, I, I mean, this has just been a, a, a sort of process I've been going through about t truth because sometimes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We're bringing it back to Suki. Yeah. <laughs> We are. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is, like, there, there is a, there's the role of the investigative journalist, the role of someone who's mm -hmm. saying, asking the whys, is not, it should not really fall to you or I. You know? We're the pointy yeah. fun. Yeah. We're the idiots. <laughs> we're the idiots. We're the, we're the idiots trying to, yeah, we're, we're trying to do ca the truth with a lowercase t. <laughs> Very lowercase. I guess small. we're. I guess we're both truth tellers. They're truth tellers. They're seeking the truth. They're through, seeking the truth. Um, investigative journalism. 
we are reflecting truth, our truths. So, yes. you know, we are the lazier version of them. <laughs> for sure. The but that's why we do kick as Koreans, because we would be just calling out ourselves every week. <laughs> These people are better than us. Don't you get it? And so I just wanted to kick her out, kick, shout her out, and because I'm uh, going to buy this book. So without you, there is no us. All right. Suki Kim. Kia. Suki Kim. Kia. All right. My kick as Korean. Z are the directors, co-directors of, uh, you might have heard about this uh, documentary going around. It's going around the festival yes. circuit. Um, it's being distributed by MUBI, uh, M-U-B-I. The directors are Eugene Yi and Julie Ha. Yay! Yay! And they are the co-directors of the free Chorsu Lee uh, documentary. Yes. Chorsu Lee is someone we uh, shouted out Previously on the podcast as a kick-ass Korean, but now and we've talked about this documentary because there before. is a we yes. have, and now it, it has it's coming up into now it's here. You can go watch it. There's an AMC showing near me, which I'm going to go see now, um, and it's being widely distributed, which is awesome. Uh, the the if you don't know who he is, he is a person, a Korean person who was uh, falsely accused of murder um, and convicted in 1973 and um it took like 10 years to reverse that it uh, spoiler alert it got reversed <laughs> and uh <laughs> he ended up becoming free after 10 years in prison but this has like really launched and sparked and inspired um social justice quote warriors out there yes. who are um who are uh, who are really like doing the work uh, like you're saying um, to bring truth to matter, being in this in this case, being that he was falsely accused of this fucking murder, probably because of racism, but we'll see in the movie, and um, you know how the the freeing of Chersu Lee uh, really started giving hope to Asian American um, social justice um, movements, and, and that it can be done, and, and if we like collectively use our voices as an Asian community, we can probably do anything so um i'm really excited about this movie uh to watch it to learn more about it and really excited for eugene uh and julie they are first time directors they are they uh, they've been in the industry in different ways but this is the first time directing something like this uh eugene had directed a short documentary short before this uh but this is the first documentary feature so it's really uh, incredible that this type of um, this type of film, this type of project, um, can be seen in a uh, in a wide uh, distribution this day and age. Like I don't think this could have happened ten years ago, and and now you can see it at an AMC near you. You know, like yeah. it's really incredible and powerful, and and the fact that these two first time directors can direct something like this and, and it be such an amazing thing, that really gives me hope as I start prepping to direct my first short film. It really gives me hope that like, cause there's so many times we go like, oh, I don't have the credits. I don't have this, I don't have that. You, you think about all the reasons why you shouldn't do something or you can't do something. Uh, like a like an incredible documentary feature project like this. I'm sure they were riddled with self doubt and. Uh, and um, uh, what's it called? 
What's it called when you, you uh, imposter syndrome, you know, and they had to overcome that and become these these figures that had to tell this story. So I'm really excited to see them, excited to um, see how the directors put this together. And they also wrote it. Um, so I, I have no interest in doing documentary, but I think this is such a cool way for me to look at how someone directs. And um, I'm really excited for them. So yeah, Yay. Eugene Yee and Julie Ha. Go check them out. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. We're back. We're back. (laughs) We were on break, and I was telling Unji about this thing that I was going to do for our Asa moment, our third act of the show. I was like, I literally flashed her the book, and she like, by the by the time I finished telling her what the book was, she was like, I bought it. (laughs) That was insane. Anyway, we'll tell you about the book later. But I right now have to talk. And really process. Please. I have therapy at 2 p.m. because, not because, I, I every Monday, <laughs> but I'm so excited, excited because I need to fucking scream. What happened? <sighs> oh, he took off his glasses. My family, <laughs> <laughs> my partner's family was in town. They are my family yes, too. Yes, yes. Okay. His brother, his brother's wife, sister-in-law uh-huh. and two little kids seven and four okay in this room that you're looking at my office the guest room um from uh friday to just now okay they just left and let me just preface this by saying we had a lovely time i love them i love these yeah. kids they're so cute adorable just really smart and um cool kids with that being said (laughs) i cannot have people in my house for that long it's a long time that many fucking people in my house for that long makes me crazy i can't be anywhere i mean thank god we had an outdoor space where i can sit but i would go outside and sit in the yard by myself, legs crossed, meditating, invariably someone will come up to me and be like, hi, and I'm like, oh my God, what the, what do you want? What do you want from me? And it's not their fault. No. It's my, I, this is my dad. My dad had this. And I, I really need to break this down because my dad could not stand having people in his house. He hated when my friends were over. He hated when my cousins were over, blah, blah. And I think this is it. What my dad had, and I've never talked to him about this. I wish I did because I think we would have been better friends. But we get absolutely drained by people yes. in in general. Yes. Okay. So when you the when people drain you and then don't leave, and then sleep and drain you again and sleep then drain you again sleep then drain you again. It, I become I become so bristly mm-hmm. I feel like I am I'm trapped I'm suffocating sure. you know what I mean 
Do you, do you get this or no? Like, I, I don't know if you've had people in your space for, I mean, you have in-laws, so yeah, yeah you, you, yeah, you get I, it. I mean. But they don't sleep over, right? Or do they? Not in my house, but it's like, but this is what it's like with your family when you have a child. This person is in, in your house all the time. Yeah, but that came from you. That's different. You're if you're if you're it's in in your immediate family. I think it's different because oh maybe it still annoys you, but less so than your f- immediate family's family. Then it becomes like this entire chess thing of do I have to take care of you? Do you what do you eat? And these are white kids, yeah. so they don't eat a lot of stuff. Yeah. And the mom eats certain things. The dad eats certain things. So it's like eating is diff- is difficult. That's annoying. Right? So it's, Kuronika, yeah. like that's already like my only thing that I yeah. like about interacting with people is the yeah. meal. And that's been, that's been cut out of the picture. So all I have now is small talk yeah. and or kids screaming through the house. Yeah. They're having fun. Don't get me wrong. And I love that they're having fun and they're having fun with the dog yeah. and the dog's chasing them around. It's really cute. But with that being said, the noise level in the house mm-hmm. was at a point where I I felt like I was being under attack. Do you know how many like candles I was I was lighting every candle possible? I was burning every and I was just like I need what is happening that I could feel the energy my energy being like just stolen. How, wait, from give me, me how many grabbed. how many full days was it? Friday, Saturday, Sunday and then this morning. So 3 days and a morning. And this morning Dega, you know, if I'm staying at someone's house and it's Monday morning and I say I have to work, that I'm young. If I was yeah. them, I'm out by 8.30. Yeah. And I'm taking the kids to McDonald's or whatever the fuck yeah. and getting out of the house so that, like, we can reset into yeah. the home. By the way, they're coming back Thursday. Why? Because they have to stop by for a night. Because they're, they're, the place they're going, their friend's place, is their parents are visiting. So they don't want to, like, overburden them. So they want to leave a day early and then come back here before they go back. So they arrived so, Friday. Anyway, Friday, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the first day, that, it's, it's Friday, so it's not a full day. Saturday. It's a full, we had a full day. They arrived early? Yeah, like 1 p.m. That's a half day. Friday. That's, it's a whole day. <laughs> okay. Saturday. It's not like they came and just sat down. We were like at it. Going at it. And then Saturday, Eric's working, so I take them around all day. Uh, Sunday, all day at the house, hanging yeah. out, doing stuff. Like, to the point where I had to be like, I need I need to go into my room and sleep. Yeah, of course. Like, I shut the door and took, like, a three-hour mm-hmm. nap. I just needed to shut down. Of course. And Eric was like, are you okay? Is there anything wrong? I'm like, no, nothing is wrong. I just can't be here. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I it's it's really fascinating to be able to love people and like them and also not want to be around them. Like to need a break often. Yeah, I mean I uh... It's a strange feeling yeah. because usually I could be like 
get the fuck out of my house. I never want to see you again. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the instinct. But in reality, I want to see them forever and forever. I love them. I just don't know if I can do this of like this amount of people and energy in my house. Yeah. I need a bigger house. That's what it comes down to. If you're going to have family visit, I'm going to need a bigger house. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that always helps. But also, I understand I have never hosted someone for that long. And if I have, it's been a single person. A single person. Okay. If my mom comes, she's literally in the room and she doesn't come out. And she's watching like um, Korean on videos phone. on her right, phone. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, laying on her yeah. side, not bothering anyone, you know? And, and here's the thing when my mom was here doing that, I got annoyed because she wouldn't do fun stuff yes. with me. And now there are people visiting, they want to do fun stuff. I'm like, get away from me. <laughs> I think the problem is me. <laughs> I think what it comes down to is my, my anxiety was at an ultimate high. But the, the, I think it is. Uh, I think it is you. I think it is. I understand this because it is. I feel the same way whenever I'm at someone else's house, even. Oh my god, there's a part of me that can't be at someone else's house, like two days max. Th- it. I feel sorry. Yes, but that's the thing. It's yes. that I think also when I have hosted. Or you, even when I share a house with my in-laws, which I've done, and I've been really tired, and I will have to just check out, mm. peace out, just I'm just like, one, it is really overwhelmed to be in a house with that many people all the time. Yeah. It's just, you just need to be a fucking away from people, especially when- Away. Also, you and I are ultimately kind of like only child. We also- We're loners. We're loners. We also yeah. like to be, we need to recharge because we- yeah. We put a lot into all social interactions. Yes. When we're here, we're firing all cylinders. Yeah. I'm not checking out. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not doing all that. Mm-hmm. So when I give you all I have, I, I'm zapped and I need to go recharge. So that's, and yeah. That's a part of it. And also, but the thing is, you are but I can't recharge if, you, if I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I am a strong. I like to host. I like to take care of people. This is what makes me uh, uh, really perturbs me is I ask my partner, what's the plan? What's going on? What are we doing? How much of my time? I need to know how much of my time I'm giving to this, blah, blah, blah. Just specific boundaries. And he's like, I don't know. They haven't told me anything. They haven't. They don't want anything. And his family, the way they travel, they like to all sleep in one room together. They like act like partridge family. Wait, are you know you what serious? I mean? And they don't spell, they don't spend one month like a, a dime. Like they they make all their meals, and the kids are eating dry cereal out of a plastic thing. Like they truly like these are Eric and his family all act like they went through the depression, and they did not. <laughs> I, mean, I don't wait. They it's crazy to me, and because especially coming from a capitalist pig immigrant. Uh, background like me. Oh yeah, I'm a bougie. Consume, consume, consume. Yeah. Bougie, 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 luxury, luxury, luxury. Yes. It's such a attack on my beliefs and my values that it's already. I'm like, I don't know who you are. I don't know. I don't know how to. And I was like, what do the kids want to do? Should we? Should I get like Universal tickets? Like, do you guys want to go to Universal? And then their dad's like, Oh no, they hate that stuff. And I'm like, What are they like? And they're like, Oh, they just like hanging. They're just sitting here and like us. We we like to all hang out as like family and just like talk. And, and I'm like, what? 
what do you mean? Get them out of the house. Like, you're in L.A. Yeah. Let's, let's go do, you know. But anyway, they just love to, like, kind of just hang out and talk and chill and play games, which is so well adjusted and cool. But, like, I just couldn't deal with it. Yeah. I was like, I'm too fucked up to be sitting here not doing anything or, like, I can't spend that much time with anyone. That's crazy. It's not. It's not anyone. It, uh, it, my my favorite people I would hate to spend that much time yes. with. You know, and, and so inherently we're just shaped differently. And I, I, I was like, okay, I need to be an adult and figure it out and fucking go away for a while. But I went into my room trying to take a nap. But, you know, it's a door. And then, you know, kids are going to be kids and they're playing with the dog and blah, blah, blah. And people are playing music and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I need like this is why I think I understand man caves. Yes. Or like da- dad caves. I need a place where the world doesn't enter here. <laughs> I need a, a, a sanctum, you yes. know, that's only mine. I mean, th- th- and there's a reason I usually why have I, that, yes. which is my office, but they took over my office as their room. So I had. <sighs> I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> Everything is good. I have much to be thankful for. This is what my therapist would say. Have you been grateful? And I'd be like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Can't get too grateful right now. I'm pissed. Well, I mean, this is the other part of this, Peter. What? Is that you and I have had to learn how to be a part of a a white family. Uh Uh-huh. A differently functioning family. Uh Uh-huh. And for better or worse, both of the versions of the white family are more functional. You, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. yeah. I, so it's like. Is that what's bothering me? Is that like their function is my dysfunction? I just think it is because if it was just different, I mean, because my in-laws aren't like that much more functional. It's just different. It's just different. Yeah. yeah. And and you're just like trying to be some a family that you're not really part of and you're figuring it out and that's like yeah and it doesn't mean that it needs to be uh, you're the same version of it they also have to get yeah. used to you yeah for sure so I- they were like oh so, okay can i tell you yesterday i didn't i didn't tell any of them that i was going to go do a show okay. sunday night and i told them oh yeah i, I probably won't do that because uh, and they're like where are you going and i was like oh i'm gonna go do a show and they're like why didn't you tell us Oh my God, I want to see it. And I was uh, like, I don't want you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. And then, like, she, and then, you know, my sister, I'm like, I love her. She's really sweet. And she was like, she brought it up a couple of times. And I was like, oh man, you can come. You can come. I, 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 it might be sold out. I don't know. It was sold out. And so I was like, uh, and it was kind of like, and, you know, she was like, okay, well, I guess, you know, and I was like, it's not really good for kids. It's going to be like really filthy. It's a Gaijin, like it's Gaijin, yeah. you know, like it's going to be f- funny and filthy. And she's cool. And I know she wanted to see me to support me and all yeah. that. But I think because they're all so like, Let's just hang out with each other all day, every day. I think they maybe felt a little miffed that I didn't invite them or like I didn't tell them about it. And 
and they have to get used to it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I got shit to yeah, do. I mean, especially if you're coming into town and you haven't communicated to me about anything you want to do or you know whatever yeah. like then i'm gonna assume i'm just doing me and we're gonna like mix when we mix you know yeah i mean honestly that's really what it, I, mean, I mean also i think both of us have this like hosting take care of it that's it. Like, sort, I want to take, care, take of care of people. I also, I'm always, and I've had to learn how to do this in the last couple of years. Like, I always will just wordlessly um, forfeit whatever interest I have. Like, whatever mm. some plans I may have or whatever thing I do, I will figure out a way around it in service of uh, the unit. The, the guest. guest uh-huh. And, the, and uh-huh. the in-laws and whatever. Like, I'll just be like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore and just cancel and not tell anybody that I had that thing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Or you're bending, bending over, backwards. over backwards. Or I will just like wordlessly just leave the event and just go do the other thing, uh-huh. and then come back. Uh-huh. Or like just be like, I right. just I don't make it a thing. I don't expect anybody to change because I I I'm doing something. Right. You know? Right. Right. No I get one's that. no one yeah. needs to accommodate me. No one needs to exactly no to like me. let me just do yes. me. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas mm-hmm. like anyone else in his family would be like, well, I want to go to eat dinner at this place on Friday. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, you know, just like, because they want to. I, it would never, yeah. ever occur to me to be like that. It would never occur to me to be like that to anybody, um, in a, a friend. Here's what. I'm. Have you ever visited a friend and stayed with them with your family? Like you, Max, and Solomon. No. Have you ever gone? No. And stayed with a friend no. or a, a family Never. or a family member. Never. Right. I I hate inconveniencing people. I hate. <laughs> in, oh my god, Unji. This is why you and I travel together so well because we're. This is per, like. I would rather die. The thought. I'd rather. I'd die rather not go. Cancel. Than have to stay. In your guest bedroom, yeah. and eat and shit and shower around your schedule. Sharing an Airbnb outside of that together? No, oh, I, yeah, no, I can do no, that. I can do, I can no. share an Airbnb together. Oh, 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 share Airbnb, but that's yeah. fine. That's like you know, that's not inconvenience because you're all yes. doing it together. But going to someone's house and staying in there, so, so I've literally never. I, even when it was just me and Max, I think <sighs> we did it once at his parents. Yeah. But I'm trying to think here. I really don't think we've ever done that. We've always just stayed I somewhere. I, like I it makes me so sick. Yeah. To think about <gasps> carving into someone else's space. I did do it once. And I time. did it once in Salt Lake City. We stayed there uh-huh. for Who are you visiting? My best friend from college. My ex and I stayed uh-huh. there uh-huh. for one night. One night? What time did you get in? Uh in the morning, left the next Day, night, yeah, afternoon. Great afternoon. We had yeah. we sh- we Great. we did in we and did out. one activity, shared one meal. The next day we were gone. Uh-huh. Did you even use their shower? No, I did not. See, <laughs> yeah. you're not putting anyone out. You're like, don't even change a towel for me. You keep that towel. I'm not using it. Yeah, I don't think I. <sighs> yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. Here's the thing: we have a guest room for a reason. I want people. Yeah, to same. Stay. I've, I have, this is a dream of mine. This is a dream to be able to yeah. host and blah blah blah, and I love it. And I'm not saying if my family ever listens to this, please like, don't stop listening. Which to they, which stop they listening won't. Which minutes, you, you will. <laughs> please come visit. I'm not saying don't come. What I'm saying is, I need to go away. <laughs> if you come to me, let's chak chak kung all that stuff. But just know, I need to go away. I, I think there's two night maximum. Two night max. But also, there is. I wonder if this is like a thing. Like I. I wonder if other if listeners, if you're listening, like, because Korean and other Asian, ori- like, Oriental people of all kinds, you know, like, <laughs> um, you know, because I think Middle Eastern people are the same. Like, this, like, overly yeah. sort of obsequious level of hosting. Ho- yes. You yes. know, like, mm-hmm. where it is very draining. Yeah, it's so because draining. Because if you're doing, if you're, if you are delivering Four Seasons level of service, as a holiday in person. <laughs> and on a La Quinta on budget. A La Quinta budget. It's exhausting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I'm zapped. I'm, I'm like, How could you have anything left? I'm, I'm, How? I'm a negative. I'm a husk. I'm, I'm, in, the neg- I'm, in, I'm in the red. So like, I, so I, you're right. I feel like I need a vacation. Like I need to go away and get pampered, mm-hmm. because I feel drained, and I have never felt like this with guests visiting. I think it's just because it was an entire nuclear family in my space, and children are exhausting. Children, yeah. I love these kids, but do they scream? And they never stop. And run. And it never stops. And okay, can I tell you? They were jumping on my couch. And I went up to them and I was like, hey, stop jumping on the yeah. couch. I said, no. I was like, hey, no jumping on the couch. And then they just looked at me and I said, please. <laughs> and, then, and then they sat down and just kind of grumbled. Yeah. And then they just started jumping on the couch later. And um, and their dad was like, hey, in this house, they, Peter and Eric don't like you jumping on the house. Wait, so I guess what? they jump on the couch what? at their house. I guess so. I guess this is crazy. That, I, that's what I'm inferring. That's what I'm inferring. Can the pagans have them? They have different rules. Wait, they, they, they hate Why people cou- have different they rules? They hate their couch. I don't understand that. Or they don't have nice couches. I don't know. Like, but it's not. It's not a thing for them. So, and I'm not here to tell them how to parent. Sure. I'm just telling them how to behave in my in my house. It's crazy. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I, that's crazy. I mean, my son has jumped on couches, jumps on beds or whatever, but every single time he does it, he knows it's bad. He's try, trying to get a jump or two in. He's trying to get away. <laughs> sure, who doesn't want to get a jump in? Right. I get it. The, the springs are sprung for a reason. He's trying to get a jump or two in before, <laughs> you know, the big boss comes and then tells yeah. him, no, you got to stop. You know, he knows. Yeah. But I... I get it. It's not the kids' fault. It's not the kids' fault that they wanted to jump I mean, around. Like it's not. They have jumps in their heart. Yeah. You know what I mean? This. Hello. Child. I understand. I'm a kid inside. I want to jump. But if I know, if I I know that when I jump, I make the cushions dirty, and I these cushions don't detach. <laughs> and this uh, anyway, so I really <laughs> had to stop myself from being like the scary uncle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Laying down the law because I want to be the cool one. That's fun and 
the one that you want to come visit. But there are, I think, like, I have really realized how little I have left in my heart. <laughs> so without much spiritual preparation, yeah. it's a little hard for me to do three night, four day kind of thing with a whole family. Even a couple, like single visitors only, yeah. I think from now yeah. on, even a couple, it's like, oh, man, like a lot of people in here. And like, I wouldn't mind if I had my own wing. <laughs> if I didn't, you, would. you know what you I mean? Would. Like it, if it I had actually worse, cause you'd have to travel longer to be as, as much of a host. I mean, I don't know. No, because I, I would just leave. I would not host. Yeah. I, here's here's how I would like to host. Can I just I just want to like paint the okay, picture. Let's see. I have a I have a home that I I don't need I don't care about square footage. I just need a detached space I can mm -hmm. be. Okay. Come to my house. Unji, your two kids, Max, come to our house. Stay in the main house. Mm. Okay, I'll tell you, let's, but I like to have a plan of like what meals we'd like to do yes. together. Because that's really what brings we'll us together. We'll do one meal. Slash activities. We'll okay, one L meal. Yes, one meal. How long are you visiting? Let's say two nights. Two nights. Two nights. Let's do, let, let's do one meal, one big yeah. dinner. Okay, otherwise I can give you stuff to look at or to go like, I'll give you like a Eater's LA or whatever the yes. fuck to set you up with some things to do and eat and mm -hmm. see. Don't bother no. me the other time, but let's have some structured hanging yes. time. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I think that would be perfect because then I don't have to be in your space. You don't have to be in my space. You don't have to feel bad about using up towels. I have my own wing. <laughs> I have a different laundry machine over here. You know what I mean? Like that would be nice. So you can like, it's almost like you're staying at an Airbnb, but you just don't pay. Yes. See, that's that yes. would be nice, yes. right? Like having like an in-law suite. Oh my god, an ADU, yes. a you know, a carriage house, something like where it's separate. We we can come and go as we please. Yeah, and we could text each other. Hey, you could be like, oh, me and the kids are making bacon. You want yes. some? Okay, I'll come down in five. Yes. I come down. We join. We chit chat coffee. Now you guys go do stuff. I'll go work. We'll meet for dinner. Hey, Chong Chong. Amazing, you know, it's easy, but I think you need to be able to sim be simpatico in that in order to be. Is Eric not, is not Eric not like that? Offended. Is Eric not like that? Eric doesn't plan anything. He's go with the flow. He doesn't. He doesn't care about eating out at any places. He doesn't care about like hosting. He doesn't care about like, oh, my sister-in-law and my brother, they're coming in. I should make a good impression for them. He does not give a fuck. He's like, they didn't tell me they, what they want to do, so I don't care. I'm not doing anything. What? We'll, they'll, we'll, we'll do whatever we do. See, white people are and crazy. I'm like, what? That, that's crazy. <laughs> right? That's crazy. I, I, I don't understand that. What is that? Because Koreans, we, don't, we can't sit there and talk. Because we don't talk to each other, right? <laughs> so, like, we have to be busy with activities. We have to do stuff. Like, other stuff has to be happening. Well, I mean, that's also, like, as a parent, I just can't imagine someone, like, just going to a place without some sort of general idea of what they're going to be doing every single day. No idea. Exactly. No plans. They came unplanned. See, this is, and this is the reason. That, that's couch jumping parenting. Behavior. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I really, I Absolutely. couldn't imagine. Like, I have, have but, a general but idea. But also, their kids are not, the kids are so well-adjusted that they're not complaining about being bored or anything. Oh, wow. Like, they're just, like, walking around making noises and making up songs and, ooh, look at this leaf. Like, I'm just like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. Like, why don't they have a book, a thing? Why aren't they? <laughs> no, no. They had, they had books and stuff. They had, like... <laughs> You gotta be doing problems, solving problems. Silent, <laughs> sustained reading. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Oh, but anyway, I thank you for letting me vent. It, <laughs> I mean, I just come back. I've just also come back from a sustained amount of time with my in-laws, and it does get. How did that? I, it was. It was fine. I do like it. You know what I mean? Like you're appreciative of the fact that they're welcoming. They're so that they're mm-hmm. loving and that it's such an open yes. we're both very fortunate that we have great f- we've met people with great yes. families and, yeah. and, and like uh, for some reason both of us had that impulse well yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> we came from a really fucked up yeah. one that can't sit because, and talk to each other because some other people because we fight but yeah but some other people would seek the same and we had this enough oh. wherewithal to understand that this oh. was a deficit in our lives and sought out something right. and sought higher ground. Complimentary. Yeah. Thing. Yes, exactly. So we're both fortunate in that. Um, but it's, it's the fact that it is different and anyone who's ever had to go into another family or join or welcome in-laws or, you know, you guys all know this. It, sometimes it's better to simply not characterize things as good or bad or mm. weird or strange, but rather simply not different. different. Not my not way. Not my way. And yeah. the thing is, they are also looking at you the same way and mm-hmm. appreciating you for the exact same reasons and also finding you strange and they yet have still found strange and annoying strange yes. and, annoying, <laughs> and, and yet have found it in their hearts to be as welcoming and open so right. i mean it's just like i i can still indict and rage but it's like i do try to remember that it's just different you know and also see it yeah see it but also there you know i, yeah. I i've gotten to a point because it's so it's been so long now that I find myself being more and more of my actual self, which helps Peter with more and more sustained contact. Because when you are constantly mm. putting up um, the best version of yourself, it's hard to maintain. I, I have never done that. Anjay, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. It's the opposite of me. I'm trying to, I, they've, they've seen the worst, so I'm trying to always give them a better. Sure. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. like, I, I think I found that because I'm not trying as hard, that it's become easier mm-hmm. to have sustained contact if the, I don't have to yes. constantly like, put on this brilliant show and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and be fearful of the fact when the curtain draw, drops and they'll get a, back, a glimpse backstage, whereas more of my yeah. life is spent in the present, in the now, I'm not, you know. Yeah. I'm just being polite. I'm being kind. I'm being whatever. You know, whatever the fuck. You know, nice. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I'm just trying to be nice. Yeah. Polite, sharing space. Sh- shit, shit, white people like. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shit white people like. Because honestly, our families don't give that much. I'll tell you what, my family could not care about being polite or nice or kind. Everyone's that's just not in their. That's not what they. 
No. Do. Did I've I tell you I met up with my uncle? That I'm uncle and aunt from San Diego, my dad's side. Mm. My dad's little brother. No. I haven't seen them in 12 years. Yeah, I, I, no, I did not know this. They wanted to meet up. Really? I was apprehensive. Yeah. Why? So Who me and my brother out? went to have cha cha meal with them. My sumo married him. She of was course. always like the cool one. Of course. A yeah. sumo always does. My sumo <clears throat> is also very yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, okay, come on, guys. Like, this has been enough. Let's get together. So we got together. We ate jajangmyeon. My sumo was very like, oh, 잘 지내. You know, just everything. Like, just kind of nice. And my uncle literally only asked me about money and how um, how much of it I have. <laughs> he And he said, oh. And the other thing he said was, oh, I hear Hollywood's treating you okay. And I go, it's fine. That's all right. I'm doing all right. And he goes, okay, you're making enough money? And I'm like, I, I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, and he didn't ask a single other thing about me. Yeah. And asked my little brother about, do you have a girlfriend? Okay. But that's it. He couldn't, like, they couldn't care less about who we are as people. No. It's, are you embarrassing me or not? Should I be embarrassed to be around you or not? I think it's also like, those are markers to them of your <clears throat> happiness. Right, which is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're making money and if you have, like, these are all th markers of, like, normalcy. Yeah. They just want you to be normal. Like, yeah, but it's like, why is that? A, that's all you have for me. Yes, that's all you have. It's been twelve years, and you're asking me if I how much money I'm making. Mm -hmm. Girl, bye. You're basic. You're <laughs> no. I don't want to know you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't need this. It feels bad, you know. And I understand that's the only way he knows how to connect with me, but. There's, sure. It was like 40 minutes of silence. Just eating. Be like, Toshikyo? And I'm like, no, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, So it's like... Yeah, that's my parents. I just don't know how else to connect to you. And mm -hmm. you don't want to connect in any other way. So we're at a standstill. So like with my family, I have this kind of like fucked up communication issue. With Eric's family, they communicate, over communicate and communicate well. Yeah. But just won't get out of my damn face. So I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding about that. I, 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 I'm, I'm learning what I want and what I don't want. And when it comes to family, it's a lot harder because there's a lot of layers. There, there's a lot more layers than just with friends or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so anyway, all this to say, I need a bigger house. <laughs> The solution, have, the solution is always material. Yeah. <laughs> the solution is always more stuff. Hey, if my heart is growing bigger, my house has to as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's real. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
All right, folks, it's time for Asap. All right, this is the portion of the show. This is pretty new. It's the portion of the show where we shout out something cool um, that we have encountered or discovered in the in the last week. And mine is a book <laughs> by Stephen Pressfield. It's called The War of Art. And uh, the subtitle is Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles. So, so this so, is the book so, that I held so, up for OG and she immediately bought it. I just need you to understand where I started looking for it. It's when he held up a book and he yeah. said, I, so I bought a book. And then I started looking yeah. it up. He hadn't even told me the name of the guy. He started, no, she read it real quick and she said, one click by. I'm in a vulnerable place. I will listen to it. If you are a, uh, a schemer, a huckster, or a snake oil salesman of any kind, and you are listening, uh-huh. this is your moment if you want to sell something to Unji Kim. Let me tell you right now, I am looking for answers and I'm willing to pay. All right, so go on, sorry. And she will buy your book. I will buy your book, sir. So uh, she will buy your book. <clears throat> so basically this is a book of like uh, affirmations or like um, – kind of meditations on uh, this thing he calls, Stephen Pressfield calls resistance. Mm -hmm. And he coins this term or names this uh, thing that we all know as um, writer's block, creative block, um, the inner saboteur as RuPaul would call it. Something that tells you you're not good enough, you're not brave enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not pretty enough, blah, 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 blah. And it's all the things that call you to the divine, to call you to do things to break your chains, to break the things that you know are bad for you and the things you always feel guilty about and shame around, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And as creative people, Anji and I know that we feel a lot of shame around our creativity and uh, the way we create and lack thereof and et cetera. Um, Anyway, so I bought this book because someone had recommended it for me because I was I was writing about writer's block and um, someone was like, oh yeah, that this is a book that really helped me. So I bought it and I immediately, I, okay, I started reading the, um, the what's it called? Not the forward, but kind of the pr- prologue uh-huh. to it out loud because um, <laughs> I don't know why. Why were you reading I, I wrote, out loud? I, I don't read out. I never do it. I don't know why. I never do it. Even when I'm alone, I never read out loud because I'm one of those kids that have like a really short tongue. So like I fuck up words a lot and I get anxiety over reading out loud. Yes. But I just decided to for some odd reason. And I started absolutely bawling. That's crazy. And um, it's crazy. And I'm in a vulnerable place too, (laughs) you know? So I'm like, (laughs) so I... After I started pulling, I was like, what is happening to me? And I started reading it. And it's really helped me um, not just understand the resistance in my life, but also um, the way I keep it alive, the way I keep the resistance running and et cetera, et cetera. So here's a short little excerpt. This one is called. So if you see like there's like different titles on each one. <clears throat> and this one, the title is Resistance and Criticism. And this really hit home for me because you and I were talking about like FOMO recently yes. and like these fucking twinks in Tuscany. These, all these villas in Tuscany. 
<laughs> yeah. And that FOMO uh, kind of being like linked to how I um, judge and how I um, carry judgment upon things immediately yes. because I am my mother's son. <laughs> and my my therapist always tells me, he's like, whenever I'm like r r ranting about something, he's like, oh, sounds like there's a lot of judgment. And I go, yeah. And he goes, okay, let's look at it. Um, uh, can we try looking at it objectively? Like what is objectively happening? Like without the layer of judgment upon it, right? Ugh. And I'm like, oh. What, just people are just having a nice time. He is living yeah. his good life. People are just yeah. having a nice time in fucking Italy. <laughs> oh, are you yeah. trying to say that it's not, it has nothing to do with me? <laughs> do with me? What the fuck? <laughs> Okay. Exactly. okay, now I'm mad at you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this session is over. But not yet, because I, 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 time's the clock's running. Um, all right, so this one is called Resistance and Criticism. He says, if you find yourself criticizing other people, you're probably doing it out of resistance. When we see others beginning to live their authentic selves, it drives us crazy if we have not lived out our own. Individuals who are realized in their own lives almost never criticize others. If they speak at all, it is to offer encouragement. Watch yourself. Of all the manifestations of resistance, most only harm ourselves. Criticism and cruelty harm others as well. Oh. So that really made me um, tremble. <laughs> yes, I mean, as, as a lifelong hater, this is an affront. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, well, okay, what am I supposed to do with 80% of my time? Right. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, here's the thing. What it's saying, I, I love that he put these two next to each other because what he's saying about criticism, uh, and this isn't talking about like, you know, objective analytics of something. This is judgment, yeah. right? And why and that usually has to do with um my own personal self-worth and how i feel about of myself course. right so that's what it's saying basically it's like if you feel good about yourself you're not worried about anyone else and then next page it says resistance and self-doubt and i thought this was a really good kind of like combo um that he wrote next to each other and it says, self-doubt can be an ally. This is because it serves as an indicator of aspiration. It reflects love, love of something we dream of doing and desire, desire to do it. If you find yourself asking yourself and your friends, am I really a writer? Am I really an artist? Chances are you are. The counterfeit innovator is wildly self-confident. The real one is scared to death. Oh. And that really gave me a lot of... Like the first one brought me down and the next one propped me back up. Because <laughs> that's exactly, you know, what I needed to read right after yeah. that. It's like, oh, it's that's that's really comforting to hear. Anyway, great thing for uh, people who are blocked. Uh, Unji has bought it, so she'll let you know in it soon too. <laughs> Go check it out. <laughs> I'll let you know next week if that's my asa as well because I did immediately buy it because we are all in vulnerable places because it is yeah. the end of the fall. It's beginning of fall and I think that always is a time of yeah. like reflection and mm -hmm. um, after a, a summer of rest or 
restoration or depletion, depending on how you've spent this time. Uh, and how many people who have been exactly, in your home? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's like the thing is, people do make a subconscious choice to like either have this be mm-hmm. a time of rejuvenation or mm-hmm. um, depletion. Summertime right. is sort of like this implied time of rest, and uh, there is a why, there is a reason why people. I mean, again, you guys. I can't explain to you how um, this stuff I've been reading from Sam Quinone is about like our American ideas around constant stimulation, uh, uh, not uh, not only about content, our phones, dopamine, and um, uh, uh, serotonin, but our addictions to sugar and and constant sort of like we are so anxious as a a heightened state. A heightened state. And yeah. we are just so anxious as a culture. In a time when we are experiencing so much, we have we have more things to help control that anxiety. We have more things to help occupy our time. And yet we continue to spiral. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that it would behoove all of us, especially if you have these impulses and you feel this sort of, emptiness inside of you which i think if you're listening to this podcast and you don't feel that <laughs> sorry, sorry to you my friend uh, yeah. <laughs> you, we've been giving it to handing it out <laughs> yeah um, this whole episode was me spewing that out because it's it is we we are not um I don't know if Peter and I are necessarily canaries in a coal night. I think we have been. But also, I think we are simply people living in our culture and our society and are victims and uh, as much uh, showing the same sort of symptoms that you all are, you know, when we talk about this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's just when you're talking about this sort of like blockages and like, it just, it really just does get me. I mean, we're all looking for these answers. Maybe we should all start. You know, joint Scientology. Anyways, I'm telling you, I'm in a vulnerable <laughs> spot. Any any scam, any you, cult, pick me up right out. You're the only one looking for a scam. No one's trying to scam you. You're like, come on, get me, suckers. I've got $300 <laughs> burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so my, I just traveled, um, and I have been traveling, and uh, my flight got canceled on Sunday. <sighs> I uh, immediately got a refund and then found another flight, which then ultimately got um, not canceled, but delayed quite a few hours. And my I flew out on the first flight, which is my advice to you guys. If you guys are trying to travel, I would recommend getting on the first two flights of any day, um, especially if it's on a high travel day. Those are the only ones that are going to leave. On time. Yeah. The, the early, early ones. ones. So yeah. I'm sorry yeah. to you if you uh, are planning on being hung over any of these days. Them's the breaks if you need to be somewhere, you know? Mm. But I will say in a year, if you travel more than three times a year, TSA PreCheck mm. is 100% worth it. <gasps> is it? Yes. Okay. I was thinking of TSA PreCheck versus Clear versus Global Entry because I have been getting so fucking annoyed at yes. the airports. What what do you know of TSA PreCheck? I mean, it's just, it's, why okay, do you like so it? So I did not. I do not have PreCheck, but oh. I, 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 and I but I'm I'm literally purchasing it now because I had a. 
just like that book. But it's because I arrived at O'Hare and I literally had a pre-tracked experience because I was pregnant and oh. visibly so. And these like people were just like, oh, no, just come through this way. Because I guess I count as a family. I have no idea. But oh. like they just took me through. I passed everybody. I entered. Wait, you, just you? Not, what no, about Max? It was and- just me. And so Max and Solomon had to stay behind. They didn't, no, they did not come. Oh, they weren't they were traveling. traveling. Oh, it was you alone. were traveling alone. Oh wow, it was, that's okay. what I mean. It was re- remarkable. It was very strange. They were just like, "No, come. You're pregnant. Whatever." I know. Wow. Very crazy. It never. It's never happened to me. The only special treatment I've ever gotten. Because by the way, I got onto this flight. No one helped me with my bags. The flight attendant. <laughs> the flight attendant literally pointed to my bag, which I had put up there. She was like, "Oh no, you have to move this." She could almost. This bitch could almost. <laughs> not there, not, ma'am. She literally could touch the bag, but instead <laughs> told me to move it. So, so I got, but I got. <laughs> but the pre-check experience, it's very similar. So what I had was I entered O'Hare Airport, and was through security within 15 minutes. Wow, and that never happens. Never in O'Hare. happens O'Hare. O'Hare is a fucking mess. And it was, and it was like, you know, it probably would have taken thirty minutes, forty minutes, right? That that was the mm. difference. But in these COVID times, having to spend that much less time at our airport, what a <clears throat> gift! Having to spend, and I didn't have to take off my shoes. I didn't have to remove. Oh my God, no way. I didn't have to remove any article of clothing. Didn't have to remove any toiletries. This bitch, <gasps> I went in. And and you, this was the TSA pre-check line? No, this was just my experience, which. Well, then what? Wait, I don't understand. Is your, are you recommending being pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just happened to be in the line. Like they were using the machine where they, like you uh-huh. don't have to take out anything. You just put the oh, bag gotcha, and you get to gotcha. go. So it was literally oh, identical wow. to the pre-check experience. Yeah. I see, I see. So you you saw that and it's like, okay, this baby's not going to stay in here yes. forever. And I need to get. I'm going to need to get this need service, to get the service immediately. immediately. <laughs> this is incredible. I mean, uh, and the, and, okay, and the okay. thing is, it was such a smooth. And to imagine coming into the, re- imagine entering an airport and getting through the gate within 15 minutes. I can't. I can't. I've never even that, done that. That seems impossible. Even on the to me. lightest, like the, is, is the physics allowed? I don't. <laughs> even get in it. the lightest, smallest airport, I think. Yeah. I think it happened to us in Charleston. Oh wow. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm trying to think right wow. now. I, I, even then, but you still have to remove everything. But the the time amount amount of time that it took, the ease, it was like traveling pre 9/11 sort of shit. You know, like what a gift! Incredible, incredible. incredible. So pre shoe bomb, pre shoe bomb. You know what I mean? Like it, it was a really seamless experience. If you're traveling more than three times in a year, it, I think it's worth it because it is one hundred and fifty dollars per person per, per year. year, and yeah. it's just well worth it. Like cool. more than upgrading on any sort of experience on the airplane, I think mm-hmm. this experience and also getting. To not be in the airport for as long, I mean, come on. Okay, 125, not bad. How much do I have to pay for the bitch to put the bag up for me? How much is that? Because that's what I need. I was shocked. Once I get through the thing and I can't put my own bag up, it no. was that was crazy. Nobody. Else. And you're tiny too, yes. so she's like, 
She's just watching this tiny pregnant mom <laughs> shove struggling. And she was like, "They should provide like little stools for you." Thank you. And she was just like, "Ma'am." Yeah. <laughs> she was literally Peter, ma'am. ma'am. She she was touching the bag. I refused to move it. It was so fucking wild. You see this bag right here? Can you slide this one over? over? This one that I'm touching? touching? Okay, I'll slide it for you right here, and then I'll slide it back. See what I just did? Now you do it. Now you do it. I mean, it was so crazy. All right, folks, that's our show for the week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll, uh, We'll talk to you next week. Check out the Patreon and leave us a review. Thanks. Bye. Bye.